we, here we go tonight. I want to teach on this thought, push back. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. Doesn't it seem that God works that way sometimes? The thing is true, but the time is long. We've been standing on some words. Perhaps there's people in this place that have been standing on a promise from God for a long time. Let me reassure you, the word is true, but the time might be long. You just hang on to that promise that God gave you. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all. Let's pause there for a second. Please anoint yourselves. All right, this is not youth camp. Continue to anoint yourself. Continue to take care of yourself. Uh, But he did not anoint himself at all until three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is the true Daniel fast. His his previous period uh, with uh, not eating the king's meat. It was a period of consecration. It was a period of sacrificial adherence to the dietary law of Moses. Now, I understand and I am behind. Uh, there are times in life where uh, what we call the Daniel fast is all that you're able to do. I don't, I don't belittle that at all. Uh, there are, are people in this church that are not able to fast for various medical reasons or things going on. And so nothing you do ultimately with the motive to get closer to God is going to be wasted. Nothing, nothing that you, you sacrifice to get closer to God is a wasted effort. But this was the true Daniel fast. I always find it interesting that nobody wants to do the Ezekiel fast. 390 days on his left side, 40 days on his right side, bread made from whatever could be scrounged, cooked over cow dung. If anybody wants to bear the mantle of the Ezekiel fast, see me after service. So here's Daniel, three weeks of mourning. He's not anointing himself. There are three weeks fulfilled. And the Bible says in verse 4 of Daniel chapter 10, and when the 4 and 20th day of the month, of the first month rather, was come, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel. So it's at the end of his fast, or perhaps even if you want to read it that way, it could be a couple of days after his fast. The benefit continues. When you enter into a period of consecration and you exit successfully and you've accomplished what God is, has been calling you to, that, that benefit doesn't cease on the, the 40 and first day after you exit a fast. It's not like, boom, you're back down to the baseline. You have elevated your walk with God to a place where everything is different and that benefit continues afterward. Now, that's not saying once you fasted 21 days or 40 days that you never have to pray, you never have to read your Bible again. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying you have, you have stepped into a realm that you've never been before. And that benefit, that favor, that closeness with God will continue. So at the end of his fast, Daniel is fasting For an answer, he's fasting for full understanding of this vision that he's had. 
Now, I believe it's important as we enter this season of time for you to write down why you're fasting. If you have not done it already, you've got some time. You've got a couple of days. You need to jot down and, and begin to pray over now the reasons that you are entering into this fast. Now, if you're entering into it because pastor said it's a time of fasting and consecration, well, then thank you. Uh, I honor you. However, there are other reasons for us to be fasting. If you need any reason whatsoever, just write down 21,482, the number of people in Watertown. Write down the name of a lost loved one, a lost relative. But revisit that list often. Pray over it often, daily. See, that that's going to provide you motivation when that stake is calling your name. It's going to provide you motivation. It's going to provide you with some determination when that, that meal that everybody else is eating starts calling your name. You can pull out that list and say, no, I'm fasting because I want to get closer to God. I'm, I'm fasting for a, an answer in such and such situation. I'm fasting for so-and-so salvation. Revisit that list. You've got to believe that your prayer is getting through. Even if it seems like nothing is happening. We talked about it last week for a little while. It's the, it's the irony of, of the word fast when time seems to go so slow. Everything seems to slow down. You enter into this period where days and hours don't seem to matter anymore. And if, you, if, you're, if you're not focused on the why... If you're not focused on the reason that you're putting yourself into this situation, you can start focusing. And I've done it. I've been in a fast before where I lost focus and I started thinking about the first meal that I was going to eat when I exit. That's, that's a problem area. That's an issue. But when you can revisit it and begin to lift it up again and say, this is it. This is why. This is what I'm focused on. I believe God's going to do this. I believe God's going to work in this way. It's going to give you a motivation and an anchor. So verse 5, Daniel lifts up his eyes. He looks and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with the fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like the barrel and his face as the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms, his feet were like in color to polished brass, the guy was not normal looking, all right? He was spectacular. He was very splendid in appearance. And it, it's obvious by description that this is not just a man. This is a, a supernatural being that has appeared in front of Daniel. And his voice of his words was like the voice of a multitude. He, he did not sound like I sound, but it sounds like there's a mighty chorus of voices speaking through him. And in verse 7 it says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. It is not at all surprising that the one who had been fasting was the one and the only one who saw the vision who had the revelation, who saw the form of this supernatural man in front of him. Because fasting and focused prayer will attune your ear and will attune your eyes to the spirit realm like nothing else can do. 
If you desire today to step into a new realm with God, if you desire today to begin to walk in that realm of visions and in dreams and to walk in that realm of the supernatural, it is only fasting and prayer that's going to take you to that world. It's not surprising at all to me that Daniel alone sees the things that nobody else sees because Daniel has been to that place of consecration. Daniel has been to that place of fasting. Fasting enables Daniel to conquer fear that has crushed the other men. He sees this form and they don't even know why they're trembling. They don't even know why they're quaking. They can't even see what Daniel sees. And yet the men around him that have not gone through this period of time, they, they are crumpled to the ground. They're quaking in a quivering pool. They're, they're just a mess and they don't even know why. Now, you might be, if you have not been, I, I, I want to address something here that uh, I began to feel while I was preparing for tonight. You, you might be, in fact, it's, it's, it's very likely at some point that you just might be attacked by a spirit of fear. Especially if it's a longer fast than you've ever done before. As you push further than you've ever pushed before uh, from personal experience and from talking with others. There is this, this, this fear that rises up inside. There's this timidity that starts to rise up inside and you, you begin to question, is this, is this even safe? Is this, is this even sane? Am, am I, am I, am I even, am I doing What's right? Am I, should I stop now? If I keep going, am I going to get hurt? If I keep going, is there going to be permanent damage? Now, we've got to recognize that for what it is. Hell does not want you to complete your 40 days of consecration unto the Lord. Hell has no interest in you going all the way and completing what God has asked you to do. Hell has no interest in you being unplugged from his influence and his voice in the world. Hell is afraid of you when you're fasting. He's afraid of your power. He's afraid of the Holy Ghost plugging into you like never before. And so he'll try to attack you with a spirit of fear. Recognize it for what? It is uh, and push on into what God has told you. Recognize the voice of the enemy and push into what God has asked you to do. Now, we're going to use wisdom. We're going to operate with a word from the Lord. That's why I've been pushing it over these last several weeks, over the last month. Be asking God. How long do you want me to go? Lord, what would you like me to sacrifice? Have, has everybody been doing that? We've been doing that? Awesome. And I hope and I believe that God is speaking to us. Again, if, if there's not a, a clear word, there are fasts that I have gone on where it's, uh, it, it, there's not been a clear number. All I heard from the Lord was, you've got an open door. And so you just push into that. But we're going to use wisdom. We're going to walk in the word from the Lord. And when you've got a word from the Lord, 
and you've got covering of spiritual authority and you're walking in wisdom, you can tell that voice of fear to stay out of your life, to get out of your life, to get out of your fast because you are drawing closer to God. I believe with all of my heart that there are people here tonight who are about to unlock a new and previously closed to them realm in the supernatural. If you want it, if you're willing to appease the guards of the gates of the supernatural, prayer and fasting, there is a door that is going to open in front of you. And I believe that there are men and women in this place that are going to walk in a new authority and a new realm in the supernatural. Is there anybody in this house that wants that tonight? Would you lift your hands in this place? Why don't we let's pause for a moment. Let's pause for a moment. And just like we did on Sunday, I want to stretch a little bit here. Why don't we lift our hands? Actually, why don't we stand up in this place? Uh, let's stretch towards heaven for a little bit. I am, I am blown away by the level of consecration and the hunger in this church. Uh, but why don't we voice that hunger? Why don't we voice that desire one more time to the Lord? Uh, go ahead, somebody. Let there be a sound come out of you. God, uh, I'm coming up higher. Uh, I want to walk with you. Lord, uh, in a new realm. I want to walk with you in a new dimension. Uh, I want to operate, Lord, in the gifts. Uh, I want there to be fruit in my life like never before. Uh, I want the fruit of the Spirit to fill my heart, uh, my mind, my life, God. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, I pray that there would be an unquenchable, uh, an unquenchable thirst, Lord, that rests upon uh, every man and every woman under the sound of my voice uh, as we stretch to Towards you, Jesus, uh, we're coming closer, Lord. Uh, we're coming closer, Lord. Uh, we're coming closer, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. He goes on in verse 8. He says, therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision. And there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. I have no doubt that this was his actual physical state after 21 days of fasting and mourning. He didn't look good. He didn't feel good. And he was left alone. There's just something about that extended fast that's going to separate you from the crowd. People aren't going to come with you, but it's all right. Daniel was alone in the realm of men, but Daniel was far from alone in the realm of the supernatural. And with all of his strength gone, and with all of his comeliness turned into corruption, and Daniel, we find him on his face. We find him with his face towards the ground. And yet still, verse 9, it says, Yet I heard the voice of his words. Take heart. A week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks or 40 days from now, when you are at the end of your strength, when you're at the end of what you think you can endure and what you think you can go through, yet 
you will hear the voice of his words. When you're all alone, when your face is sunken, when your comeliness has gone from you, when your strength is left and you are face down on the ground, somebody be encouraged tonight. Yet heard I the voice of his words. That's why we're doing what we're doing, because we're going to hear a voice from the Lord, a voice of direction, a voice of wisdom and a voice of discernment. Uh, I'm going to hear the voice of God. Let that be a fire stirring up inside of your bones. Uh, In spite of my weakness, uh, I'm going to hear the voice in spite of how I feel or how I look. I am going to touch God. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. Not only are you going to touch God, but God is going to touch you. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty and one days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia, the spirit world is in fact more real than this physical world that you can see and touch. The spirit world, though you do not see it with your fleshly eyes, is actually far more real if we would but put away this flesh and focus our spirit on his spirit. We will begin to walk in a completely different realm. It's also the eternal realm. It's what really matters. This world will pass away. It will fade. This flesh is going someday if the Lord tarries long enough to die and to rot away. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But there's a part of me that is going to live on forever. As my flesh weakens over the next 40 days, my spirit is being fed and my soul is being strengthened. And I am actually growing in strength, though my flesh is weakening, though my physical strength is going away. I'm growing in strength with the Lord. There are powerful spiritual forces that are arrayed against you, your church and your pastor. It's just the reality of where we stand. It's just the reality from Scripture. We're not glorifying them at all. No one is more powerful than Jesus. No spirit is more powerful than the Holy Ghost that fills any believer. No spirit is more able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ever even ask or think. But uh, they are powerful. And you in your flesh cannot overcome them. You cannot engage them. But with Jesus, all things are possible. But we see that Daniel's fast, one man fasting, provoked heaven to send a messenger which engaged in a spiritual battle for 21 days. 
Corinthians chapter, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says this, For though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In the flesh... Fasting is the worst way to fight a battle. Could you imagine? It's almost D-Day. We're getting ready. We've trained for months, years. Eisenhower gives his speech. And all of us throw all of our rations out of our bags. We're like, we're not going to need these. You're going into combat. You're throwing out all your food, all your water. You're saying, ah, we're not going to need these where we're going. It's, it's the worst way in the flesh, to fight a battle. You're weak. You're irritable. And even if you don't think you're irritable, everybody else knows you're irritable. And God's working on you. You're fading away. You, your, your breath stinks. You're tired all the time. In the flesh, it might look like the next 40 days, the Jesus church is kind of like relaxing on Sundays. But in the spirit, something powerful is happening. And when you attune your soul to it, in the spirit realm, a fast done with the right motives, coupled with prayer and the word, is the nuclear option. It is the most powerful form of spiritual warfare that you can engage in when you are fasting with the right motives and you are feeding your soul on the word of God and you are in in prayer and you are focused. There is nothing that can come against the saint of God uh, that is walking with the Lord in this dimension. See, as you push back the plate and you deny your flesh, you are pushing back the darkness of this region. You are pushing back the, the principalities, the powers. You're pushing back the rulers of the darkness of this world. You're pushing back spiritual wickedness in high places. It cannot stand when there is a united people of God that are focused together on prayer and fasting. When there's a consecrated uh, and a group that is striving to live in righteousness, that has entered into a season of focused fasting. The darkness is being pushed back. I remember and I, I bring to remembrance that vision shared from a church member last week. We stood arm in arm and hand in hand with an angelic force. And as we lifted our hands and lifted our voice, the light uh, that flowed from us pushed the darkness back out of Watertown and out of this region. Hear me right now, somebody. You can eat any other day of your life. You're going to live, God willing, for 80 years. You've got a lot of days that you can go to the store and get that prime ribeye. But right now, you've got an open door from the Lord. Right now, you've got an opportunity in the Spirit to stretch yourself and to fight uh, for your family, for your church, and for this region. You're going into this in your right mind. I was hoping to hear a few more amens. Is everybody in their right mind? We're going into this with a focus. We're going into this with our right mind. So let's push back the plate and watch God start, start to fight for us. Let's watch God begin to engage in battle on our behalf. Amen.
There's one more portion of scripture I want to walk through. It's Isaiah chapter 58, starting in verse 1. We'll walk through Isaiah, and then we just have some practical tips. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, they say, And thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul and thou takest no knowledge? Boy, wouldn't it be a tragedy for you to endure days of physical hunger for the wrong purpose? Motive matters. Why you're doing or why you're about to do what you're about to do matters. And God addresses it in the second half of that verse and in the next verse. He says, behold, in the days of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. You fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice be heard on high. God's telling them, look, you're fasting, but your heart is wrong. You're fasting, but you're still fighting with your brother. You're fasting, but you're still engaged in wickedness. And if you want your voice to be heard on high, you can't fast this way. We're not twisting God's arm. That that is not what we're engaged in. That's not what we're trying to do here. It is imperative that with right motive and with a right heart, we approach this season. We're, We're striving to walk in righteousness and we're fasting to get closer to God, to hear the voice of God. And so he tells him, is this the fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, an acceptable day unto the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now, this is what God wants us to accomplish through fasting and through a focus on him to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Don't limit that verse just to the natural realm. It has spiritual and supernatural application as well. He says in verse 7, isn't it to deal thy bread to the hungry and to bring the poor that are cast out of thy house? And and when you see the naked, cover him, then don't hide thyself from your own flesh. And when you do these things, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thine health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. And the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Uh, anybody remember in July of 20 and 21 where uh, Brother Baptiste was here? He spoke over this church that there was going to be a reward of glory from the Lord to this church. Anybody remember that? If if you did not write down those promises, we talked about this uh, last night at prayer as we close. If you did not write down those promises and you want them, 
Reach out to me. I've got them saved. Sister Jordan has them saved. You should you should go through that again. You should begin to pray those things again. Why? Because God has promised us in his word that light will break forth just like the sun coming up over the horizon. Health will spring forth into your body. Righteousness will go before you. And the ultimate reward of all of that won't be fame. It won't be earthly recognition. It won't be just souls, though souls are an incredible reward. But it's going to be his glory. We get to attain, we get to have, we get to hold on to the glory of the Lord. What was required when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. God told him, you've got to hew out some tablets of stone. You've got to carry them up a mountainside. And then Moses went another 40 days with no food and no water in the presence of the Lord. But finally, after the end of 40 days, he was able to see the hinder parts of God and he was so baptized in the glory of God. He was so baptized in the goodness of God. When he came down from that mountain, his face shone. I want there to be, and I believe that there's going to be a demonstrable change in the atmosphere, not just in your home, but in this church. There is going to be a demonstrable change when the glory of God falls to an even greater level and dimension upon your life and upon the life of this church and upon this entire community. He says, then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, here I am. I, anybody ever prayed a prayer? And it feels like the heavens are brass. There are answered prayers waiting for us in the next 40 days. There are answers that are going to come in the next season of life that we're walking through. If thou take away from thee the midst of the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, the speaking of vanity, if you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. You push back your plate and you walk in righteousness and in justice. Deal your bread to the hungry. Clothe the naked. Uh, give to your family. Give to the poor. And God has promised that when you cry out, he's going to answer and say, I'm right here. He's promised to make your bones fat while your flesh fades. And look at the last verse of this, this portion of scripture. I didn't give it to the team. I apologize for that. But it's verse 12 and it says, And they that shall be of thee shall build up the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. 
That is the heritage of a people. That is the heritage of a person and of a family that will dedicate themselves to prayer and to fasting. God uh, has promised to call you the one, uh, the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. He's told us uh, that we can raise up the foundations of many generations. I believe uh, the mission of this church. I, I speak again. The mission of this church is to break the cycle of dysfunction and to equip people to live healthy and holy and well-adjusted lives. Uh, it is to make disciples. And the greatest way for us to do that uh, is to push together into fasting and push together into a season of consecration because on the other side, the glory of God is going to fall. The soul is going to be satisfied in drought. The bones are going to be made fat. And there's going to be a spring of living water that emanates out of your life and out of the collective church life. There is going to be a, a raising of the foundation of many generations. Think uh, of the foundation that you're building for your children, uh, for your grandchildren. Think of the bricks that you're putting into the walls of the of the kingdom of God in this region, like Brother McLeod spoke to us, brick by brick, day by day, skipped meal by skipped meal, prayer meeting by prayer meeting, you are restoring the paths to dwell in. You are repairing the breach. And God uh, is not ignorant of that fact. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. Mm. Let's lift our hands in this place right now. God, I want your glory. God, I want your goodness. Uh, God, I purpose in my heart and in my mind uh, to push back, God, the plate. Uh, I'm going to push it out of my life. I'm going to focus on you like never before, Lord. Uh, oh, uh, you're going to satisfy my soul in a drought. Uh, and though my flesh may fail, God, uh, your word is going to make my bones fat. Uh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So if somebody asks you if you're losing weight, just tell them, no, my bones are getting fat. It doesn't make sense to them, I know. But fasting doesn't make sense to the carnal mind anyways. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, last portion of Scripture. Jesus says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Again, as I'm sure you've heard before, this is not groundbreaking stuff right here. But Jesus says when and not if. He intended for it to be a piece of a life of discipline in his disciples. Fasting was intended to be a part of the life of the disciple. Now, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, why do your disciples not fast? He was with them still. 
can they can the can the wedding party fast while the bridegroom is right there? No. But when the bridegroom is gone, then they will fast until Jesus comes again and we feast with him in heaven. There's an expectation upon you and I. There is an earthly reward available for fasting, if that's what you're after. Again, motive matters. It's entirely possible for you with the wrong motive to endure a 21-day fast. And you might even impress Pastor Jared. and He might even think you're so awesome that he gives you a title and a position. But that's your reward. And that's the extent of it. You see, we are in this as a church together. And so it's kind of hard to hide when we've been building towards it for a couple of months, right? Like, odds are good you could throw a dart and hit somebody that's fasting. So, what does this verse mean to us and how does it apply to us? I say again, motive matters. And so whenever you begin your season of consecration and fasting, get up, take your shower, Wash your face, put a smile on your face, and go about your business. Do not walk around with a woe is me mentality. Do not walk around with stooped shoulders and a frown on your face and just waiting desperately. Oh, I can't wait for somebody. Maybe if I act like I'm down and weary, somebody will ask me if everything's okay, and I can tell them, no, I haven't eaten in 14 days. If that's what you're after, your reward is their pity. Enjoy it. You might as well bask in it. You might as well revel in it. You might as well get all the sympathy you can. But if instead you'd rather be rewarded from God, then wash your face, anoint yourself, put a smile on your face. And when people say, is everything all right? You just say, I've never been better. I'm walking with the Lord. And God has promised to reward you openly. A couple of practical pieces of advice as we close tonight. Again, we're, we're doing this together, and so obviously we know we're fasting. And so we're going to be keyed in to each other. But don't fixate on it in conversation. You, you can fixate on it in prayer. You should be praying down that list. You should be building motivation now before you launch out. You, you, should, be, you should be fixed on it in the spirit, but don't fixate on it within conversation between us. There are other things that we can talk about other than fasting 24-7. Don't inquire. Encourage. You don't need to know how long brother so-and-so has been fasting. Even if they're looking a little tough and they had a rough day at work and their eyeballs are sunk in, don't ask them. Just say, brother, I believe in you. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. Just encourage them. Pick them up. It's really none of our business. See, we aren't fasting to lose weight. At least I I hope you're not fasting to lose weight. I'm actually fasting to gain weight. I want to gain the weight of a soul, the impression, that burden of a soul on my life. I want to gain spiritual weight. I want my bones to be made fat. So don't fixate on the scale. Don't gawk and don't ask around when somebody around you starts to note 
look noticeably thinner. Like if you see cheeks when you've never seen cheekbones before, don't ask them, how much weight have you lost? Don't worry about it. They're gaining weight. They're not losing weight, I promise. If you're worried about them, pray for them. Don't bring your your constant concern and worry. Believe me, if you start saying, oh, you look awful. Are you doing all right? Then then sister so-and-so that's gone further in fasting than she's ever gone before, we're going to internalize that. We're going to look at ourselves in the mirror like, oh, my, I really do look awful. But instead of bringing your concerns to them, take your concerns to him. He's the one that's going to satisfy their soul in a drought. He's the one that's going to make their bones fat. Worship. Stretch yourself in worship, especially if you're not fasting on a given Sunday or at a given service. Worship. Accept that burden of responsibility upon your shoulders and and step out loudly and boldly like never before. And we're going to have an awesome time over the next 40 days. Finally, journal. Before, during, and after. I'm not the best journaler in the world, in full disclosure. I'm pretty hit or miss. But it seems like during an extended fast, I I journal far more than any other time. And in fact, I was just going back through a journal from from a season we did as a church in 2018. And just some of the things I had written down were incredible. Uh, Just not like incredible and wow, Jared, you're such a great writer. Uh, Incredible in like I remembered things I'd forgotten, words from the Lord that I had completely spaced and God had shown me things that came to pass years later, and I had taken the time to write them down. For example, the first time that, that Bishop and I ever had a conversation about them potentially leaving the Jesus Church and stepping out into another work occurred in 2018. I did not remember that at all until I went back through a journal of an extended fast and I saw it. So journal during this period of time. Write down the verses that you've been reading. Write down what's been feeding you. Write down your fears. Write down your temptations. Write it all down on paper. Commit it to the Lord. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a fountain of strength that comes out of that. Is that fair enough? All right, as we close, some simple things that you can expect just to talk on a super practical realm on the physical side. Preparation matters. Begin to prepare mentally and physically early. It's not impossible to launch into an extended fast at, a, at the drop of a hat. All right? But it is more unpleasant. And so if you know when your start date is, clean your diet up, start pushing fluids. If you're cutting coffee, start get off a of coffee beforehand. Because there'd be a lot of crabby people and a lot of migraines if you just went cold turkey off a coffee, all right? So begin to prepare your body ahead of time, and it will make it a lot more pleasant. You can expect after several days the clouds to clear. Uh, I have found you move through the funk, and you, you, you hit a sort of a stride at about three to five days 
you, you, you just sort of move past the yucky feeling where you've got a headache and you're nauseous because you're hungry and you step into this, this new flow of the fast. You're still hungry, but now you've got a mental clarity that fog has seemingly blown away. The clouds have cleared up and you can see again. I would expect this to be mirrored with the media and the social media and the news fasts and the sports fasts, whatever, whatever it is. And again, I would encourage, maybe you're not fasting from food for 40 days, but I would encourage everybody to lay aside uh, social media, the news, sports, whatever it is for a period of time. It, I would go the full 40 days. I would expect that to, to clear up. You're going to notice, you're going to notice you're going to reach for your phone, like where you usually reach for your phone. Like when you sit down after the kids are in bed and you're like, ah, it's finally quiet in the house. You reach for your phone. Break that habit. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. Your brain's going to be wondering what's going on in Ukraine or what's going on in Iran or who's winning the, the, the what's the March Madness. Uh, your, your brain's going to wonder what all of that is, but just unplug from it. And the longer you stay unplugged, the more your mind will focus on the things of God. Physical fatigue is going to set in more quickly, but mental sharpness will rebound. Uh, I found that your brain seems to just continue on, uh, and that that cloud clears up, it, it goes away, and you can stay focused. But I've also found that physically I run out of breath more easily. Uh, if you see me fall over uh, on a Sunday during uh, worship service, just, uh, I don't know, Put me in the recovery position and move on, all right? I'm just out of breath. Your bowel is resting. There is a, a large amount of your daily energy consumption flows to and through your bowels. It takes a lot of work to digest the American diet. Like a lot of work is put into making that Twinkie into something useful. And so when you remove that, you are giving your body a period of rest for which it will thank you. There are health benefits. God even mentions it as well. He says in Isaiah chapter 58, he talks, he says, then shall thine health spring forth speedily. There are people that go on extended fast simply for the health benefits. All right. There's this concept called autophagy. There's cell repair and cell regrowth where your body begins to break down and remodel damaged cells. And there are many that believe that this is it is it is very, very healthy for you. We could we could talk after about that. There are uh, reasons people do that, but don't lose focus on the spiritual aspect and start geeking out about the physical side of things. Right. We're not after if you want to go on a fast for physical reasons, you can do so after this period. Let's do this one for spiritual reasons. Don't be surprised that the social aspect of food will be missed. Food is inherently social. In fact, it feels weird when you're eating by yourself. Maybe it's just me. I'm on that third oatmeal cream pie and I'm all alone. It feels weird. You miss going out to eat, spending time, having a meal with somebody but again, that's, that's coming back. We're, we're going to resume that. There are going to be summer barbecues and summer spike ball. And Nate's going to perfect his brisket recipe. It's going to be amazing. All right? 
We will get there again. This is just momentary. But do not be surprised if you find yourself missing the social aspect of food uh, and you find yourself missing sitting around a dinner table. Invite somebody over who you know is fasting. You don't even have to cook for them. You can just sip water together and look at each other. It'll be wild. It's very inherently social. Just spend time with people. All right. And the last thing is this. Exiting a fast is critical both spiritually and physically. And we will talk about this more later, but please, I just, I just ask this of you. Would you please tag in with me as you enter your fast, and would you please tag in with me as you prepare to exit, before you exit your fast? Uh, there are spiritual and mental aspects of this that we have to be cognizant of. We don't want to put a week, two weeks, three weeks, six weeks into something uh, and then blow it all because the moment you start to feed this flesh, it's going to try to rise up. And you can undo a lot of the good that you just did in the spirit world by allowing this carnal nature to snap back to reality. There's got to be temperance. There's got to be control. You can physically harm your body by feeding it improperly when exiting a fast. Like medically, you can harm your body. And so it's very important that you exit a fast carefully and with wisdom. 